I believe tonight that men were made for a mission. Listen to how one writer put that. He said, Adventure, with all of its requisite danger and wildness, is a deeply spiritual longing written into the soul of a man. The masculine heart needs a place where nothing is prefabricated, modular, non-fat, ziplocked, franchised, online, microwavable, where there are no deadlines, cell phones, or committee meetings, where there is room for the soul, where finally the geography around us corresponds to the geography of our heart. He said, look at the great hearers of the Bible. Moses did not encounter the living God at the mall. And I say amen to that. (laughs) He finds him or is found by him somewhere out in the deserts of Sinai, a long way from the comforts of Egypt. The same is true of Jacob, who has a wrestling match with God. That sounds like a boy, doesn't it? Who has a wrestling match with God, not on the living room sofa, but in a wadi, which was basically a washed out ditch somewhere east of Jabbok in Mesopotamia. Where did the great Elijah go to recover his strength? To the wild. As did John the Baptist and his cousin Jesus, who is led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness for God to work in his life. If we're going to understand men, and if we're going to understand God's work in men's lives today, I think we need to understand that men were made for a mission. Yet it seems that in our culture... We're becoming less and less a place for men to be men. Think about it. Boys are encouraged to be more and more reserved. Sit down. Be quiet. Be still. Don't do that. It's dangerous. Don't you know you're going to get hurt? Wear a helmet. (laughs) Good grief. Boys, and sometimes they should be. But I'm afraid maybe not as much as we stay on them about many times. Grown men are almost completely discounted as ignorant irresponsible, unnecessary, bumbling idiots who, who couldn't possibly do anything right or make any helpful contribution. And guys, I said last time, to some extent, we've earned that. Amen, guys? To some extent, and Jeff's with me, but I don't hear the rest of you guys. We've earned that, man. Amen? Well, ladies, why don't you say it for him? We've earned that. Amen? <laughs> okay, guys, come on now. Maybe we need this message worse than I thought. In many ways, we have not risen up and been the men that God has made us and called us to be. But ladies, I also mentioned last time, in many cases, some of that or much of that is undeserved and premature. It punishes all men. It discriminates against them because of, yes, there are some bad apples. There are some bad apples in the bunch. But that doesn't mean that everybody's a bad apple. And it assumes that just because a man is not initially as polished as many times the ladies are, it assumes that because of that, there's nothing good inside of them. So as the author who made that previous statement said, his book that he was writing about that was not so much to say to men, men, you're messed up, so you ought to... Whatever. See, that's what guys hear. You're messed up, so you ought to. Well, isn't everybody just passionate about obligations? I mean, don't you just love to fulfill obligations? You've done something wrong, so you ought to. That doesn't cause anybody to rise up and say, yes, I'll charge that hill because I ought to. No, what he said is he wanted to give men permission, release, to be the men that God has called them to be. And I hope that's what this message is going to be today for you, men.
And guys, I want to propose to you today that a big part of the calling, a big part of the wiring that God has put on your life, He has called you to be on, on a mission. God has given men and, and little boys, and that's not to say that ladies and, and women and girls, that's not to say they can't be adventurous and they can't be on mission. We're just talking about some tendencies that we find in men that a big part of that on an adventure mindset that little boys and men have is intended to be focused on your wife. Of all the challenges, men, that you long for, of all the challenges that you pursue in your life, your wife, knowing her intimately and sacrificially serving her is the highest and greatest calling of your life. I want to submit to you that it could be, God has planned for it to be, one of the most rewarding, one of the most exciting, and one of the most challenging things you'll ever do with your life. And ladies, when I say challenging, it's not because you're so difficult to work with. It's because as far as men are, and you would say this back to the men, you are different. You are deep. You are complex. There's a lot to you that is worth knowing and discovering, but without God's help, a man cannot get to that place on his own. And we all ought to say amen to that. So today, I want to issue a challenge to the men that God gives us in his word. We're going to talk about making the most of your marriage, and we're going to focus on the men tonight, because that's what First Peter does in First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. He says, you husbands, he's been talking to the wives, we just read that last time in verses 1 through 6. He says, you husbands, in the same way, likewise, live with your wives in an understanding way. As with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. First of all, I want to talk about the way a husband is to lead his wife. Last time we talked about how a wife should respond to the leadership that God has called her husband to provide in the home. This time we want to talk about how a husband should provide that leadership. Now, first of all, let's talk about leadership. Many times when we talk about leadership, we think of the idea of bossing someone, okay? And nobody wants to be bossed around, amen? And in fact, the Bible says that is not how God describes his leadership. A godly leader who's been placed by God in a position is supposed to be a servant. Go back and read Matthew chapter 20, verses 24 through 28. Jesus says, you're not supposed to lead like the rulers of the Gentiles, like the nations do. You're not supposed to lead like the rest of the people. But if you want to be first, you've got to humble yourself. You've got to be a servant to all. In fact, here as the Lord begins speaking to husbands, did you notice he says, you husbands, in the same way. Now, last time we said he said to the wives in, verse, in chapter uh, 3, verse 1, he said, in the same way, you wives, that was extending that idea that he was talking about, this whole idea of authority and submission and those kind of things. He says to the husband, likewise, in the same way, just like I was speaking to the ladies, I want to bring that out for just a moment. It's interesting that we see a balance in Scripture, and we need to understand this balance. There is definitely a call for a wife to submit to her husband's leadership. And, 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 and there's never a call for a husband in that sense to submit to his wife's leadership. But there is a sense clearly in Scripture in which all of us are to submit to one another. Okay, As followers of Jesus, we're all to have a sense of yielding, of, of letting others go first, of humbling ourselves in service to others. Now, I think that's what's being implied here to the men. While men have definitely been given some type of leadership role, 
that lead is to be done as a servant. And here's what the Bible says about a husband leading or serving his wife. In verse 7, it tells him to, first of all, build a home with her. Look at what it says in verse 7. It says, you husbands in the same way live or dwell with your wives. Now, that word, like I just said, can be translated dwell. It can be translated live with, but it actually, literally, the word means to build together. He says, husbands, build a home together with your wives. Now, there certainly seems to be an emphasis in the scripture, a biblical call to men as provider. But because of that emphasis, some men have gotten the impression, and guys need to hear this, some men have gotten the impression that that's their only role, <laughs> that they're to be a provider. In fact, many of us would probably say our parents or our grandparents, the last couple of generations, there, there was a generation, I can think about especially my grandparents' generation, there was a generation where the men almost had that idea that all they were supposed to do was do what? Work and bring home money, right? That, that was their assignment. They were to provide for the family. Providing is good. But God would say it's not everything. I think we all know, I think, I think we all hope that there's more to building a home than just finances. Now, finance is necessary? Absolutely. I kind of like eating. How about you? I mean, I need some clothes. I need some transportation. I need a house. All those things are necessary. But if anything, the finances are the one thing that we could do without the most. Isn't that true? Listen, guys. If you are going to be a godly leader, you will work together. Now, many men have never heard this, okay? I think men, I think this generation is starting to realize that, you know what? Men are supposed to do more than bring home a paycheck. I think men are beginning to realize that, and I'm glad for that. And, I, and we need to have that affirmed tonight. We are to work together with our wife to build the emotional, physical, and spiritual needs in a home. And not to leave that all up to our wives. Guys, please hear me. Wives, God bless them, can do a lot of that. And many of them have done a lot of that. But if the husband is expecting that, he is not being the leader that God has. God has called a man to help build a home with his wife. Then the Bible tells us that while we're building that home together, the second instruction it gives to men is that men should be understanding. It says, you husbands, in the same way, dwell, build a home with your wives, and do it in an understanding way. Now, many translations say, live with her with an understanding way, or, or live with her considerately. Literally, it says, live with your wife according to knowledge. Now, guys, I want you to kind of star this, all right? This is one of the most important things that we're going to talk about today. And I think it's important for two reasons. What we're going to talk about right here, I believe, is one of our wives' greatest needs. Our wives want someone to truly know them, and when they do know them, to accept them for who they are. And I believe the ladies would say amen to that. You know what, that's one of our wives' greatest needs, but it's also one of us as men, it's one of our greatest struggles. Understanding the mind and the ways of a woman is difficult and challenging for men. Now, last week I mentioned a resource that revealed some, some things that were particular to men, and I hope that was helpful. Many people said, you know what, that was helpful to hear some of those things that, that men are describing 
how they see things. And I think it's helpful for the ladies to realize it. But guys, tonight, I want to pull from that same resource and help you with some things that ladies have shared are important to them that men don't always understand. Listen to these things. Even if your relationship could be called great, your wife probably has a fundamental insecurity about your love. And when that insecurity is triggered, she may respond in ways that confuse or dismay you until she feels reassured. Okay? Now, there's some guys that are learning. They're catching on. They're picking up on things like that. But you know how a guy would respond to that? He'd say, well, honey, you know I love you. And that's it for him, right? I told her. What else does she want? And she's just feeling the love. Amen? Amen, ladies? Are you feeling it? You know, instead of just saying... Why are you struggling with, if I care about you, of course I care about you. And I said, what a lady might want is for a husband to put his hand on hers or to come give her a hug. Okay, guys, that wouldn't come natural. That wouldn't come first thought for us. We need to realize that. Secondly, women deal with multiple thoughts and emotions. Now, this was really helpful for me. I share with you guys this book. It's called, um, um, what's it called? For men only, <laughs> okay? The book was called For Men Only. And, and again, we'll have this resource on our website like we did last week for the ladies, uh, those resources for the men. But this is actually the companion book. The one for the ladies was for women only about husbands. This one's for men only about the wives. But I read this book on the way to Thailand. I remember sitting on the plane. and I remember just thinking, wow, you know, a lot of this is stuff that I kind of had an idea about. But to hear a lady explain it like this really helps me to understand and actually to sympathize have some empathy to kind of understand more in a way where I used to be confused about it and thought, well, I don't think like that. That doesn't make sense to me. When, when I hear this, I go, oh, that makes sense. Listen to what she said. Women deal with multiple thoughts and emotions from their past and present all the time at the same time. And these can't be easily dismissed no matter how much they try. Now, this was a very revealing thing to me, guys, to realize that a lady, and the way this lady described it was, you know, it's good for guys to use a computer analogy. She said, it's kind of like windows, okay? You got a bunch of windows open, I always have about 35 windows open. I'm always working on something, okay? So you're working on your computer, you got a bunch of windows open? She actually said that it's not even like that. It's more like there's a bunch of windows open and you're getting pop-ups while you're looking at something, Okay. And I was like, wow, that's pretty, you guys, you guys, you getting it? Okay, so your wife has all these different things. And it's not because she just, you know, wants to think like that. That's how she's wired. That's how she works. And so she's got all these things that are swirling around and they can just kind of pop up right in the middle of a conversation. Now, man, many times you're going to see that as random, right? I'll say, now wait just a minute. Are we still talking about the same thing? <laughs> I was kind of going down this road, and it seems like we went somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Well, what I meant to say was, and, you know, then I get the catch-up, okay? She can't help that. There is a constant orbit of thoughts that she has to deal with in her mind. Guys, I hope that helps you. That really helped me to understand my wife. Number three, he says, you might think, she said, you might think that financial security is really what your wife wants. Actually, though, your wife needs emotional security and closeness with you so much that she will endure financial insecurity to get that. 
In fact, a man might think, I'll work harder. I'll provide more because that's what we think. Many times, that's what a guy thinks. I just need to work hard. I need to provide more. Thinking you're providing her with more security and actually that will only make things worse, not better. Here's one, guys, that you need to write down. You need to kind of start this thought. Number four, when she is sharing a feeling or a problem, her feelings and her desire to be heard. Guys, are you even listening to me or are you checking out? Are you listening? <clears throat> I'm really trying to help your life here. And I'm going to watch this video too to remind me. When she is sharing something, her feelings and her desire to be heard are much more important to her than solving the problem itself. And I see ladies like doing a dance. <laughs> I know, guys, I don't get that either. You bring me a problem, I'm trying to help you. I don't want you to solve the problem. I just want you to listen. I just want you to hear. I just want you to care. Guys are problem solvers. But listen, your wife doesn't want to feel like she's a problem that you can solve and then move on. She wants to be heard. Number five, women, guys, you need to understand this. Women tend to crave physical intimacy less than men do. And it usually is not an indicator of a lack of desirability that she has for you. Okay, so ladies, we talked about last time, men are very, are very visual. They're, they're more physically driven in that sense. And ladies need to realize that. But guys also need to realize that just because your wife is not necessarily desiring that intimacy as much as you do does not mean that she's not attracted to you. Number six, inside your smart, secure wife lives a little girl who deeply needs to know that you find her beautiful both physically and inside and guys, that you only have eyes for her. Man, do you like a challenge? This is the biggest challenge of your life. Learning your wife. When I began to realize this, that got me excited. I'm like, you know what? I like a challenge. How about you guys? I like a challenge. I like to say there's a hill to climb. There's a mission. There's an assignment. Here's, a, here's my mission in life. God's given me the primary mission is to lead as many people to Christ as I possibly can. Okay, I understand that. But you know what? Personally, and, and, and in my family, in my life, the primary mission that God has given me in life is to sacrificially serve my wife by getting to know her and helping her to become the person that God has called her to be. That is one of the highest compliments you can give to your wife. Even though you know she is much more complex than you, that her viewpoint is valid and you truly want to know her and understand her. That's a big one, guys. Go back and watch the tape, all right? Number three, be gentle with her. <laughs> Ladies say amen to that one, all right? It says, it says, live with your wife, dwell with her, build a home with her in an understanding way as with someone weaker since she is a woman. It says, as with a weaker vessel since she is, it actually says, the woman. Or it actually can say, the female, okay? She's the feminine one. She's the woman. Now, this is obviously not meant to be a put-down to ladies. The whole 
passage is talking about is affirming ladies and their worth and value. Probably it's primarily referring to her physically being smaller, but I think it does relate to that whole idea that we've talked about of a wife being tender, of her being delicate, of her being special, of her being precious, it talks about in a few verses above this. Actually, right in this passage, it's going to talk about her like she is a treasure. Okay? Someone has said, he's like denim and she's like silk. (laughs) Isn't that true? Guys tend to just be rougher. Men and boys usually tend to be bigger, kind of rougher physically, and in other ways, ladies tend to be smaller physically, more vulnerable, and not as rough as men. I remember Dr. Adrian Rogers, the great pastor, some of you may listen to on the radio, I remember him saying that his wife would say to him so often, Adrian, why are you so harsh? He was just talking about, as, as a man, many times he could just be so blunt, so matter of fact, just kind of just say things that, that he doesn't understand that came across in a harsh way to his wife. In fact, the Bible says very specifically in Colossians 3, verse 19, men don't be harsh towards your wife. The Lord seems to clearly teach us that we should treat our wives as special. Man, we should treat her like a lady. And that leads us to the next thing. The Bible says that we should honor her. It says, you husbands, in the same way, dwell with your, well, with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weak or delicate, special, a treasure since she is the woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. It actually says, assigning to her, portioning out to her honor, value as a great treasure. Don't demean her. Don't belittle her. Don't devalue her in any way. Treat her as a precious, rare jewel that God has given you. Why is that? He says, because she is a fellow heir of the grace of life. Now, I think probably, most specifically, what that's talking about, to me, it sounds like, hey, it sounds like two believers here. It sounds like a husband's a believer. It sounds like a wife's a believer. It says, listen, you are fellow heirs of the grace of life. We are partners together on a path with God, and we both have experienced eternal life. That's a precious thing, okay? So, and remember, we talked about last time that many times women were not seen as, were not valued as highly as, as, as uh, men were in ancient cultures. And this is certainly raising the bar. It's a revolutionary idea where he says, You are fellow heirs together of the grace of life. Someone said this, for marriage to be described in terms of mutual partnership like this may appear unremarkable to Western minds. But this teaching broke upon the ancient world as a completely new idea. I want to give you some context here and see what Jesus is saying to the men. A wife in ancient cultures and still in many today was deemed a thing. A man owned sheep and cattle and his wife. She could not leave him, but he could dispatch her at a moment's notice if he felt so inclined, even for as small of a thing as burning some biscuits. Even today in the East, this author says, it is nothing unusual. And you think about this, having seen other cultures on TV or if you've traveled abroad, it is nothing unusual to see a man riding on a donkey while his wife trudges along by his side on foot. Teaching of the New Testament brought about a revolutionary concept of marriage. 
Guys, I want to tell you, God really spoke to my heart a few years ago as I was thinking about these things. You know, I think the balance, I think I shared last time, I really believe we could kind of summarize the, 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 the woman's desire is to be adored. The man's desire is to be admired. The woman's desire is to be loved. The husband's desire is to be respected and looked up to. The woman's desire is to be the queen. And the husband's desire is to be the king. If, a, if the wife treated the husband like the king and the husband treated the wife like the queen, that'd be a beautiful marriage. You know, I preached on this a few years ago. I'm not kidding you. I went home after the service. It was in the winter. I remember it was like negative 85 or something like that. And I got home, and I remember Shannon had, she had, she had asked me before church, could you stop by and get some milk on the way home, okay? Well, I preached. I came home. You know, my brain's mush. I just, you know, follow the couch. I'm just like sitting there vegging out before I go to bed. And she came in there. She wasn't trying to be uglier. She just said, oh, I guess you forgot the milk. I said, yeah. And she said, oh, no, 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 it's not a big deal. She said, I'll go get it. I know you're tired. And so she turned around and, you know, heard her getting her keys. And just, in my mind, this thought came, would the king let the queen go out in negative 85 degrees? <laughs> I'll go. <laughs> hey, guys, there's something to that. There's something to that. In fact, we don't have time to look at it tonight, but to men, I want to encourage you to go back and look at that passage in Ephesians. We're going to look at a little bit of it here in just a moment. But Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 33, talks about some, some other key components of how a husband is to lead his wife. We talked about that sacrifice. We talked about loving her unconditionally. But let's talk about the impact. What, is, what does the Bible say if a husband does his assignment, if, if the husband fulfills the mission that God's given him in his wife's life, what would happen if a husband led his wife in his home like that? I really believe that women all over the room would say, that would be an awesome thing. I asked the question last week, hey ladies, would you have a problem submitting to Jesus? <laughs> I don't think most ladies would. I don't think most ladies would have a problem following Jesus' lead. I mean, that's what God's calling us to do, and that's a pretty high example, isn't it? We're going to have to cry out to God and to ask Him to help us with this, because that's not how, that we can't do that on our own. But I want to show you the impact it could make on your wife's life. But first of all, the Lord speaks to the impact it could make on your life. You know, this kind of makes me chuckle a little bit at how God knows men. Actually, in this passage and in Ephesians chapter 5, the Lord actually, guys are, are wired in such a way that it's sad to realize, but many times men lean towards being more selfish and ladies lean towards being more sacrificial. And God, I'm just saying that's how we initially lean. Now, there's great potential in men to be sacrificial. You certainly see that. But that's our initial leaning. And the Lord kind of talks to the man about this from his point of view. Look at what, I, look at what it says. He says, okay. Treat her, show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. And why should I do that? So that your prayers will not be hindered. <laughs> oh, wow, he pulled out some big guns. <laughs> if you lead well, I will listen to your prayers. What God is saying is, she's so special. If you don't honor her like this, I'm not going to listen to you. 
Wow. God, that is astounding to me. Let me tell you why it's astounding. Many of us in our church family come from a viewpoint, for whatever reason, we've been in a church that was kind of like God is harsh, God has got his thumb on us, God's looking for us to trip up and he's going to do things to us. Many of us, that is our viewpoint of God, that God is going to be hard on us, okay? Well, I've tried to share with you that really we don't find that in the scripture. God is not trying to be hard on us. God is trying to show us grace and mercy and forgiveness if we'll just turn to him. But this is actually a passage where it kind of looks like God is saving them. This is how important your wives are to me. If you will not honor her, I'm not going to listen to you. Wow. That is amazing to me. Because generally, that is not what you find of God. That kind of says to me what? Guys, this must be pretty important to God. Amen? He says, let me tell you what it'll be like. It's like you ever been riding up around Lake Placid or somewhere in the Adirondacks and you don't have cell phone coverage? Okay, and the car starts sputtering and you need some help? How's that feel? Okay? I mean, the word that he uses here, that your prayers be not hindered, is talking about a road that's blocked. Okay, your prayers are going down the road, getting to God, and they can't get through. All right, and what, what's going on up there? It's you, buddy. It's you. Because of you, they're not getting through. God is saying to us very clearly, men, this is not an option. You must affirm her great value to me and to you. Then I mentioned that passage in Ephesians 5, verses 25 through 33. Let me read a couple things out of that. <clears throat> it says, husbands, love your wives. Let me just go ahead and read all those verses. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. That is another wow passage. Men, I've been working on that one for 17 years. And I'm still... I feel like in the kiddie pool. Amen. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church. This is talking about Jesus, but we're supposed to follow his example. His point was to sanctify his bride, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present to himself the church in all her glory. Man, isn't this beautiful? The beautiful splendor of the church, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. By the way, as a side note, doesn't that make you want to be more beautiful for God? That's his point for me as part of his body, the bride of Christ, is that we'd be beautiful, okay? That's God's purpose husbands is to love our wives in such a way it mentions two things first of all really the second thing in our list we said first of all the impact is god will listen to your prayers but now talking about her so that she can become more like jesus you serve her so that she can become more sanctified or special for god then he says in verse 27, so that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but she'll be holy and blameless. Third thing is so that she'll be ready for Jesus' return one day. So that when Jesus comes back, your wife will be beautiful and glorious and ready to meet him. Now guys, 
please, I hope that God can just capture this thought in your mind. That is my primary assignment in life. My primary mission in life, my general assignment is to share Christ with as many people as I possibly can. To lead as many people as I can to the Lord. But a specific assignment that God has given to husbands, my assignment is that I am to serve my wife and my family in such a way that it is my desire to get to know her, to the depths of who she is, the preciousness of a lady, of a woman, of how God has wired women and, and how God has put her together. I am supposed to desire to get to the bottom of that, to understand her better, so that I can pray about how God could use me as his servant for her to grow and to become all that he created her to be. Wow. Amen, men? I think I need to get on my knees pretty quick and say, God, forgive me for being clueless. Amen, guys? And it's not because I'm not trying. I'm just not very good at this. Now wait, I'm not just saying, I'm not just copping out. I'm not just saying, so I'm not going to stay, I'm going to stay not good at it. I'm saying, God, I'm not very good at this, but I want to be. And is that what you're saying tonight? Are you saying, I'm not very good at this, but I want to be all that you want me to be in my wife's life. Guys, it is in our wives. You say, what's in them? Most of our wives have something special going on with God. And can I just tell you guys, if we would just be a little of what God calls us to be, she'd be very happy. She'd be very responsive and she would work with you. Now, I don't say that so you'll shoot for a little. I'm saying that to compliment the wives. I think most of our wives really are encouraged by small progress. <laughs> okay? In fact, they may not expect much. And so when we give them that, that hope that we are growing, that's a great compliment to them. But really, men, I want to encourage you to see it like this. King Jesus, your commander-in-chief, has given you an assignment. Take care of this precious, beautiful daughter of mine. Treat her like she deserves to be treated. Lead her as a servant of mine. Help her to be all that she was created to be. Don't hinder her. Accept the biggest challenge of your life by being, by seeking to be, with my help, the best husband you could possibly be. Make that the mission of the rest of your life, to get to know her, to help her, to encourage her, to grow her. Man, I want to ask you tonight, are you ready to accept that assignment? Well, you've already answered it, really. The whole I do thing. <laughs> okay. That was serious to God. And I'm sort of catching up on how serious. How about you? Amen. I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm on my knees. I'm, I'm God, forgive me. God, help me. God, I don't get it. God, I'm clueless. There's lots of different levels. But tonight I need to ask the Lord to help me. How about you? Would you do that tonight? Would you truly? Guys, I know you got a hundred things you're thinking of that you got to do in priority. But tonight, would you let your wife 
rise to the top of the list. I need to make getting to know her, serving her, and helping her to grow in who she is in Christ the number one priority of my life. I'm really starting to believe. I think it matters what happens at New Hope, but I really believe the test of my life and ministry of how faithful a servant I was of God is really how much I invest in my wife, not in you guys. And that's not to minimize the role of a pastor. That's to maximize the role of a husband. You hear me? Wives, would you pray for us? If your husband's here tonight, God bless him. Affirm him. Encourage him. If your husband's trying, if he's if he's trying to be a good man, if he's trying to do the right things, pray for him. Seek to be the wife that God's called you to be. The things that we talked about last week. Thank God for him. Encourage him. Support him. Affirm him. Tell him. Because unfortunately, a lot of men aren't stepping up. And we need to encourage those that are. For all of us tonight, would God just say to you, you can't do it on your own. You can't do it without me. You can't be a husband. You can't be a wife. You can't do this thing called life without a Savior. Tonight, would you trust in Jesus and give your life to Him and ask Him to come into your life and forgive you for all the things you've done wrong, all the mistakes you've made, all the wrong turns you've taken, whether you meant to or not. God, here's where I am. Please forgive me tonight. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. God, it is, it is challenging. It is powerful. Psalm 139 says, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. I cannot attain it. This goal, Lord Jesus, I cannot be the man that you are unless you live through me. Help me and every man in this room tonight to hear the call and to answer it. God, help each one of us to hear your voice and to respond to it tonight. If there's someone here that needs Christ to be their Savior, I pray, God, tonight that they would call out to you and say, Dear Jesus, please come into my life. Please have mercy on me. Please forgive me. Please help me to be the person that you want me to be. I cannot do it on my own. I give my life to you tonight, Jesus. Help us now in these moments to respond to your direction. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.